Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. Nurse Heather brings her eternal optimism and professional expertise to the stories of the day, discussing current topics and events, making life's lemons into sweet lemonade, and sharing a tall glass with guests, friends, and her listeners. CannabisRadio.com is happy to present Good News with Nurse Heather, the show infused with compassion and love. From high atop Mount Soldad in beautiful San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level, this is Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather. This is Canna Kenny, and today Nurse Heather has a very special guest, Andrea Herman, who is the expert on hemp, all things hemp. She graduated from Missouri Southern State University with a BGS in hemp economics. In 2008, she finished her Master's of Science in Hemp Fiber Agronomy at the University of Manitoba. That's up in Canada for our listeners. Andrea is the owner of Ridge International Cannabis Consulting, owner of Hemp Technologies in Canada, and is an instructor at Oregon State University in industrial hemp. She is an independent professional agrologist and researcher, president of the Hemp Industries Association, special committee member of the Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance, and a member of the European Industrial Hemp Association and the International Hemp Building Association. She is an amazing woman, the high princess of hemp, Nurse Heather. Ah, thank you, Canna Kinney, and welcome once again, good news listeners. I'm so excited about our guest today that I just want to shout out a big hemp, hemp, hooray to everyone who is listening. Kenny, this is amazing to be joined today by Andrea Herman, who we lovingly refer to as the Hempress, because she rules the land of hemp. I know you've been following some of the actions surrounding hemp on the U.S. Virgin Islands, Kenny. Can you tell us some good news? Yeah, the good news is that the U.S. Virgin Islands has a hemp bill and will soon have a hemp law. And very soon, based upon the bill that we wrote for the U.S. Virgin Islands, they will also have a medical cannabis. Hopefully all of this by the end of the year. So we're all into both hemp and our medical cannabis program. Ah, wonderful, Kenny. You've always got your finger on the pulse. And our guest today... The Hemptastic Andrea Herman is the hemp heartbeat. She's here to teach us everything we need to know about hemp. Hello, Andrea, and thank you for being with us. It's an honor to share the good news air with you today. Absolutely. Well, thanks to both of you for having us and all the work, Ken and Heather, that you're doing out there. And, you know, we are speaking a global language when it comes to cannabis. So it's something that can unite people. And I was just inspired by Mr. Alex Whitebloom just last week. And he said, you know, hemp and cannabis thus and hemp really helped break down racism that he had coming from the Native American side and then coming through. So it's just it's just a crop that really unites people. And that is really good. Good news. Yes, and it's united us here today. You have an incredible and jaw-dropping background. Kenny stated that you received your Master's of Science in Hemp Fiber Agronomy at the University of Manitoba. Our listeners are interested in hearing more about your background and experience, and you can start by explaining what is hemp fiber agronomy. And how did you find that in the schedule of classes? 
<laughs> well, I think I'll step one step back and talk about what happened. I'm from Joplin, Missouri. I'm now up here in Canada. I've been here 15 years. Now, when I was back in my undergrad in Joplin, Missouri, they say, Andrea, you've got to declare a major. And I said, well, you know, I mean, I like biology and I, I like political science, but, you know, none of it really like screams to me passion. And so my professor said, well, I want to know what you want to get up every day and do something about what you get up in the morning. And you're just like, I have to go out there and do something. And I said, it's this hemp thing. So that spun myself creating my own bachelor's program solely focused on hemp underneath the principle brought forward by the movie star and environmentalist, Mr. Dennis Weaver. He brought forward this concept called a colonomics. So I turned my bachelor's into a philosophy of a colonomics, looking how to use hemp in the framework of creating sustainability and not to greenwash the word sustainability, but how do we incorporate this into business? How do we incorporate hemp into our philosophy to create business sustainability or practice sustainability or in the concept of a food product to put that into our bodies to help power our bodies to create a sustainability. So and so from that, I secured an internship working with the Parkland Industrial Hemp Growers, and that really set me in motion. And I'm so thankful to the companies in Canada that brought me in. And from that, I started working in their breeding program, and that introduced me to the desire to have some research projects happen at the University of Manitoba. From that, we were able to access federal funding here in Canada to pay for a research trial looking at plant population density and harvest timing and the impacts that has on fiber quality and quantity coming from the stock. And that stock material can be used in textile fashion, building materials, non-woven matting, composite parts. You kind of name it, we could incorporate a, a hemp product or ingredient into a final product. So that kind of explains it. So it was a very grassroots thing for me being back home in Missouri going, I, you know, I've got a lot of passion about hemp and I had a really great advisor that said, go put that passion, put it out there. And it has come back to me mega tenfold that I continue to try to pay it forward. Wow. You are truly an inspiration. You know, you had attended an educational nurses panel in Denver over the 420 weekend this past year, where a few of my colleagues and Hannah Kinney and I were presenting information. And I had made a statement regarding medical cannabis and hemp. And I think I said something to the effect that hemp and cannabis are different plants with different uses and went on to say that hemp is not cannabis. You immediately called me out and said, actually, cannabis is hemp. And I cracked up laughing because you were absolutely right. Can you tell our listeners what is the difference between hemp and cannabis? Well, essentially, um, hemp is a common name for a type of legal defined product or plant based on the amount of THC in that plant. So essentially what happens is that we've got these legal definitions that further define the genus cannabis. And this includes all of cannabis, all the sativas, all the indicas, all the rudialises, any type or strain or cultivar all belong into the genus cannabis. So we are all one in that way. And then you've got legal definitions that say industrial hemp 
is defined by the amount of THC, total THC, in the green parts of the plant. And then basically we've got more of a legal definition for industrial hemp than we have a legal definition for what would be the common name marijuana or depending on where you're at, maybe it's called ganja. It just kind of depends as a, as a common name. Now we have seen within the medicinal cannabis sector or the marijuana sector, a lot of those are now saying, you know, these are cannabis products, which can cause a little bit of confusion if somebody doesn't quite understand the scientific concept of the word cannabis as being a genus of all flowering plants in those three, like in those species of cannabis, sativa, indica, rudialis. Wow. And it seems like that's fairly true that back when we had the founding fathers in America, Thomas Jefferson's George Washington, they all grew hemp, and it was required to grow it because it was such a useful plant. And that was with us for centuries until the 1930s, when all of a sudden Randolph Hearst, who owned a lot of trees and forest for use as paper, realized that hemp would be a better product to make paper out of. And that's when the political side of things and the legal side of things made it impossible to grow hemp. Did I kind of fairly summarize that? Absolutely. I mean, we were still cultivating up until really the early 50s when we really had the final sort of stronghold on putting down on the cultivation of industrial hemp. And and that was in greater part due to misinterpretation or the language of a definition of what was these different types of plants coming off of the genus cannabis and how we can use those in various ways to really help benefit us. And I say this is a sacred crop we're talking about. And it's really I feel here for us to use, it wants to be used, it wants to be brought into our society for the most benefit that we can get out. And that's more happy news because we've got this plant that's just willing and able to give us so much. Hemp, hemp, hooray, Kenny Kenny. We've got lots of love for hemp and lots of love for our guests and listeners, but it's also time to spread it around and show some love to our sponsors. Oh, yes, Nurse Heather. This is Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather with our special Hempress, High Princess of Hemp, Andrea Herman. And we'll be back just after the break, good listeners, and we'll see you then. Good News with Nurse Heather will return. But first, let's show some love to our sponsors. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. 
educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back, beautiful listeners, to the world of cannabis nurse Heather and our very special guest, Andrea Herman, who is our High Princess of Hemp, or Hempress, as Nurse Heather calls her. And she was just explaining to us a little bit about where we've been with the hemp. And now I think, Nurse Heather, were you going to ask about where we've been the last few years? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kenna Kinney. Um, actually, before the break, we were talking with Andrea about her hemp history and experience. And Andrea, I'm curious about the present state of hemp. And would love to hear you talk about the economic and environmental benefits hemp brings to the planet and humanity. Excellent question. Yes, right now in the United States, we do have underneath the Agricultural Act of 2014 that was signed in February of 2014. It included a section called Section 7606, which is titled The Legitimacy of Industrial Hemp Research. In this addition to the Agricultural Act, it defines industrial hemp as being 0.3% THC or less. This does match what the regulations are in Canada. And then it authorizes institutions of higher education and state departments of agriculture in states that have legalized the cultivation of industrial hemp to conduct research pilot programs. Now, from that, we had two Commerce, Justice, and Science Appropriations Acts that passed, that came forward last year. And those essentially, there were two related to cannabis, one related to cannabis hemp, one related to medicinal cannabis side. They both essentially say the same thing. On the hemp side, it says if you are a state and you are cultivating industrial hemp in accordance with Section 7606, then the Department of Justice and thus the DEA cannot use the funds that they have appropriated in their appropriations bill to contravene Section 7606. So that essentially said, hey, DEA, Department of Justice, you now are required to be hemp friendly. And they have been. So we've seen a lot of forward movement with the DEA and the Department of Justice, the USDA and government officials really coming on board. Currently, we do have our federal bills in the House. That is H.R. 525. This is the Industrial Hemp Farming Act. It's right now we're calling for sponsors. So please go to VoteHemp.com and give us good news by reaching out to your congressional leaders in the House, asking them to co-sponsor H.R. 525 and the companion bill S314 that's sitting in the Senate. Essentially what those bills do is it legalizes industrial hemp in the eye of the federal government and then says, hey, now the states can decide whether or not they're going to allow cultivation within the state. 
it's a good place for us to step forward to. And then there's additional bills that we look at, for instance, the Therapeutic Medicinal Hemp Access Act of 2015. This is S1333, and this looks at other medicinal qualities that could come off the cannabis defined by the percentage of THC, thus called hemp, for its therapeutic qualities. Now, that has all driven so much market desire for product, investment, people looking to say, how do I start to incorporate industrial hemp into my product or into my long-term life strategy, whether that be going to the store and buying a bottle of hemp seed oil and consuming it, or creating a business. Now, the Hemp Industries Association last year estimated the overall retail sales in the U.S. to be somewhere around $620 million. And we're seeing like $80 million in food and body care. Now, that's up 21% from 2014. And, And then we see an increase in conventional retailers. These are the Walmarts, the Targets, the Walgreens. These types of conventional retailers, we're seeing upward sales increasing by 26% plus. And then in the natural product sector, upward of 16% increase all from 2016. And then in Canada, we're seeing over a 20% per annum growth over the last like six years. So we're just seeing a massive increase in the desire to have hemp foods, cosmetics, pet foods. And then also as we start to look at the building industry and now, you know, getting more into the composite industry. So we're just starting to really discover industrial hemp in the United States. Yeah, and California has a hemp bill that, again, is tied to what the federal government does. Do you know if there's been any any actual farms that have been established in California, such as through a university or a research institution? Or is that still pending getting the federal legislation in place, getting another state bill, and then being able to commercialize it? Well, it's, it's a great question. And if we look at a state like California, there's a couple of different ways. Some states like California, they actually have state legislation that would allow them to function underneath the Section 7606 of the Farm Bureau's Hemp Legitimacy Act to allow us to do these research projects. But the problem in California, and they're not alone in some other states, they don't have the rules yet set in place so that you can actually uh. get registered and and get that license. So some of these states still need to promulgate the rules so that they actually can start to do these trials. There is definitely a lot of interest in in the states like California. Montana's in the same place. So we've got upward of over 25 states right now that have legislation that would allow them to be under Section 7606. And we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. And we have seven states actually cultivating industrial hemp in the United States this year in 2015. Seven states have hemp in the ground. Hemp, hemp, hooray. That's good Absolutely. news. All those farmers. Definitely is. And Andrea, you had said something interesting. You know, Ken had mentioned that you're a member of the International Hemp Building Association. And I've seen pictures of you in hemp fields, but also working on construction projects. I'd love to hear about the projects you're working on and feel free to drop some knowledge on us about the benefits of building with hemp. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, we know that this hemp plant has been used for thousands of years in various trades, and one of those is in construction. And if we start to talk about how can we build ourselves homes that are resistant to mold? How can we build ourselves homes that have great energy efficiency? How do we build homes that we're going to be happy and healthy in? This is using a product like hempcrete to do that. And that is essentially the inner core portion of the, the cannabis stock. It's called the herd. In this case, it's that woody portion on the inside. And then that is mixed with a lime binder and some water. And then you basically are creating a cellulosic infill. And you start to regulate your temperature this is fire resistant this is actually building a home to like live 500 plus years and you know if you decide hey you know what i want to remodel and i want to tear down that wall you just take all that hempcrete you put it back in the mixer and reuse it we do actually have two hempcrete workshops coming up in Asheville, north carolina so all the listeners can head over to hempcrete works Dot com and get registered for those. And those are in Asheville, North Carolina, which is a beautiful place. And we're going to be with Tim Callahan. He is with Albic Studios and has been working on multiple hemp permitted homes, but also does green and off-grid homes. So that's one thing we got another one coming up in Calgary. But this material, you use it as an infill. So it's a non-toxic. It's a renewable. It's sequestering carbon in the fields. It's got good vapor permeability. And essentially you're creating, which we don't think about our homes as being this, but we are creating a living, breathing home. So this home is going to flow and breathe as the temperature changes. It's going to end up regulating your home. Wow, that's amazing. We're just incredible time that we're in to see that finally something that has been so useful over the history of civilization can now come back and deal with the future when sustainability and being green is so incredibly important in light of the issues of climate change. And this is a material that you can use on various economies of scale. This can be something that you can mix in a bucket and mix in your wheelbarrow and put in the wall, or you can have the mixer. And that's one of the things I really like, that it's just outright accessible. Well, beautiful listeners, it's time for another break. We'll be back with good news with cannabis nurse Heather and our very special guest, the Hempress, Andrea, in just a minute. Good News with Nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services ranging from commercial 
commercial to bonds to personal from life to health and more. Contact the team at CarterInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back, beautiful listeners, with Good News with Cannabis, Nurse Heather, and our very special guest, the Hempress. Andrea, our hemp expert who's taken us down this lovely road of into the beautiful new world of hemp. Nurse Heather? Andrea, you are a wealth of information. Our listeners are so lucky. You've brought goodness and joy to the show today. Thank you so very much. We've discussed the many benefits of hemp and you've done a great job of teaching us. But I'm curious to know about your personal relationship with hemp. In your bio, there's a quote, and it states, not only does she respect this plant, but it is a way of life for her, eating hemp, wearing hemp, and building with hemp, speaking about hemp, sharing knowledge, and inspiring others to do the same. Cannabis is part of what Andrea calls her final vocabulary. What do you mean when you say cannabis is part of your final vocabulary? And how is your life better because you're able to use hemp in your everyday life? And so thank you for asking that. I, while I was in my undergrad, this goes back to, you know, sort of something you learn from a professor that you teach together. He it was in an English literature class and he says, okay, we want to talk about our final vocabulary because this is what makes us read between your lines of life in literature. So it was a point to say that the way you are and the personal things that you believe in, you know, Heather, Ken, you're going to read something and maybe you're going to get something different out of it because you have a little bit of a different background of your final vocabulary and what you and others would define you as. So really early on, um, this was part of this assignment that I did in undergrad. And he said, how can, you know, cannabis and hemp be part of your final vocabulary? And then we were reading a book by Mark Twain and this professor did his master's work on Mark Twain, and there was a verse in there about hemp. He never saw it. I got so much out of that. So that means essentially that every day I'm doing something to promote industrial hemp. I do. I'm wearing hemp right now. I'm eating it every day and really trying to incorporate that into my everyday lifestyle. And that's why it's so important for, you know, to use our dollars to invest in that, buy a t-shirt, get some hemp seed oil, help support shows like this and other efforts and trade associations, educating and volunteer your own time to actually help inspire that and really drive that next level of academia. 
academia. Of course, we've got the course at Oregon State University. It's the world's first four-credit course solely focused on industrial hemp. So I was really thankful to be brought into that project and help lead that so that we can continue to inspire people and introduce people to the concept of cannabis and shed light on it that they may have never known before. You know, I was kind of curious, Andrea, that we have two tracks going on. And as I mentioned, their hemp bill and their cannabis bill. Do you have like an opinion as to the safe distance? People will not want to grow those two crops next to one another. Can you tell us why? And can you tell us safe distances and cautions that would be taken for one who's growing a medical cannabis crop versus someone who's growing at industrial hemp? Absolutely a hot topic. I call that the natural cannabis cultural clash and that we've got to respect all sectors when it comes to the cultivation and the end product uses so that we can protect all marketplaces as we move forward as a united front in the cannabis industries, number one. But essentially what happens is when you're growing in marijuana, medicinal cannabis, or a plant to where you're only wanting the flowers to develop, the buds to develop, you want to prevent pollinization. When you're cultivating Cultivating industrial hemp in the concept of cultivating a crop when it only for when you're growing for grain or seed production where you're going to allow those male plants to remain in the field. So if you're growing for a fiber only, a grain or seed crop, the males will be present in the field. So in that type of uh, agricultural setup or final product that you want to harvest off that crop is being employed in the agricultural system, then that type of agriculture would then impact the medicinal cannabis growers because of the male pollen coming over that can come from wind, that can come from bees. So there's many ways for that, or it could transfer on clothing, per se. Now, the distance, do we really know the true distance of how far a male hemp pollen will travel? There's been research that's shown up to 30 miles. If we look at pedigreed seed production, and this is actually creating that pedigreed breeder type of seed, the maximum is up to the three miles that they request that there be isolation. Now, some have saying, you know, let's start with a seven mile. I think we're really going to have to do some research on looking at it. it depends on wind flow. So there's a lot of parameters that come into there. But is is there a risk for medicinal cannabis growers when industrial hemp that has males present in the field in close proximity up to miles away? Yes, there is a potential risk because it would essentially pollinate the medical cannabis and cause your buds and your flowers to become seed heads. Wow, this has been an educational and inspiring experience with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and love for hemp with us all. Thank you. Yes, you're amazing. Beautiful listeners, you have been treated to a very special occasion with the expert, singular expert in the world on hemp, our beautiful guest, Andrea Herman. Thank you so much for joining us. And beautiful listeners, we've about run out of time for this version of Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather. Thank you for joining us for this edition. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google+. We'll see you for our next edition. Thank you. God bless.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 